It's Wednesday, June 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians come through last night in St. Louis, uh, getting the best of the Cardinals. They jumped out early, they added on, and Shane Bieber, even though he struggled in uh, in one of the innings, in the fourth inning, he, he uh, walked a couple of guys, but he righted the ship, got through six innings, and uh, the Indians were able to... Um, you know, get back on track after a tough loss Sunday in uh, Baltimore. Uh, what what'd you see out of Bieber that that showed you something, you know, maybe that we haven't really necessarily seen in a while? And that was, you know, him having to having to fight through an inning like that fourth inning. Yeah, that was, you know, it was so weird that uh, he was kind of cruising along. He gets, uh, the, you know, he gets the top two hitters in that lineup, Goldschmidt and Arenado out on like, uh, you know, six pitches five pitches and, and uh, then, you know, just, just loses the strike zone. Uh, there's a walk, there's a hit, hit, hit batter, uh, RBI single, another walk. And all of a sudden, you know, he's facing uh, a pinch hitter, you know, for a Martinez with the bases loaded and kind of, you know, they've still got a five, one lead, but the game is in the balance. And, you know, it turns out that he was, you know, had his calves were cramping and he was trying to pitch around that. So, uh, he gets, he finally gets out of the inning and, you know, goes in, gets some treatment, gets some fluids and, uh, you know, comes back out and gives him uh, two more innings. So that was a, that was a pretty gutty uh, performance right there. Yeah. That was really something. I mean, we've never really seen Shane Bieber just completely have the wheels fall off the cart in an inning, an inning where he can't find the strike zone. Usually that command, whether it's with his breaking pitches or his off speed stuff or his fastball, it's, it's always, pretty pinpoint uh you know in, in that inning he was he was struggling and uh you know to find out afterwards that it was it was a physical thing that it wasn't just you know uh, something that he just you know of a circumstance or the umpire or anything like that it was that he was trying to you know dance around the fact that his calves were starting to cramp up in the you know 90 degree heat with high humidity it's it's funny Austin Hedges says after the game it's like we go from you know playing in 40 degree weather uh, and, you know, freezing the entire time to the extreme of, you know, this sort of sweltering conditions in, in St. Louis, uh, you, you sort of have weather both ways that was kind of miserable. Well, you know, Bieber found a way to get it done. Uh, he, he definitely showed you that, that sort of guttiness. And then afterwards in the, in the, in the post game, He's just talking about how, you know, it's, it's just cramps. I gotta, I gotta deal with it and move on. And it's the, the way that he sounds sounded like uh, an ACE pitcher. And remember, because we're going to talk later on about, you know, what an ACE pitcher sounds like when he does an interview, we're going to, we're going to mention that. Just remember this point about Shane Bieber and how he came across, you know, despite probably some pretty painful uh, cramping in the, in that fourth inning. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, get cramps in the, in the calves it's like somebody shoots you you know I mean man he's got them in both calves I mean it is really that, that's a painful thing well and even worse you're you're worried that you're about to strain something and right. you know if something pops then you're you're in uh you're on the injured list for for a long time and then of course Terry Francona has him go out and bat in the uh, the sixth inning and uh, he he has to leg out a uh, an infield grounder and and uh and beat the throw to first base to to prevent a double play he does it, but you know, uh, Francona was, as he said, it was probably not one of his better moments uh, agreeing <laughs> to let Bieber go out there and hit. Yeah, I'm sure his uh, he was sitting watching the uh, season 
<laughs> sprint down to first base and say, take it easy. If we get a double play here, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. For, for anybody who wasn't having that, so he, he beat it out. Yeah. For, for anybody watching at home, when, when the pitchers are up batting in a National League park, just watch Terry Francona and watch the camera shots of him. He is as nervous as anybody ever when, uh, when his pitchers are batting in a National League park. Uh, his biggest fear is, is one of those guys, uh, you know, popping a hamstring or, or, you know, or a calf or something like that. Uh, as far as hitting the ball goes, last night the Indians, uh, you know, broke out early and, and added on. The, the top of the lineup last night uh, really sort of performed and, and gave them as, you know, as good of a, an offensive game as, as we've seen out of the, the top, you know, three hitters in the Indians lineup all season. Yeah, just uh, really, Hernandez, uh, Ahmed uh, Rosario, and Jose Ramirez uh, were combined seven for 13. They scored, uh, I, I believe, uh, seven runs, six R, had six RBIs. Jose hit a, uh, you know, three-run homer. But, you know, the, it, they just kind of jumped out and took control of that game right away, Joe. I mean, three batters into the game, they, they were leading two to nothing, uh, you know, Hernandez draws the leadoff walk. Uh, Rosario hits a, an RBI triple. And then uh, Jose picks up the easy RBI with a, a ground ball to first. Right. And, and, you know, sort of circle this date on the calendar, uh, April 26th. That's the date that Terry Francona moved uh, Cesar Hernandez to the top of the order. Um, pretty much after that, on a regular basis, Ahmed Rosario has been batting in the number two spot. And, you know, you've got Jose Ramirez has been the number three hitter all year, but uh, that top, that one, two, three in the order now, uh, Hernandez, Rosario, Ramirez, uh, they are what, 23 and 14, 23 and 15 since that move took place. And, and the, the individual performances have all gone up. They've, they've all had, you know, you know, quality at bats and, and, and it seemed to have gotten better uh, since that move was made. Yeah, especially Rosario. You know, I thought, you know, cause, uh, because before April 26, Rosario was kind of intermittently uh, hitting, hitting leadoff, and he was so aggressive. You know, he got out so quick in, in his at-bats that you really didn't have a time, you know, the, the rest of the lineup really didn't have time to look at the opposite, you know, the opposing pitcher. You know, so they made the switch with uh, Cesar. And Cesar, you know, knows how to work the counts. You know, almost every time, you know, it's 3-2 or – it's a deep count, you know, uh, that he starts a game off with. And then uh, he gets on base. And then Rosario can use that aggressiveness. His aggressiveness is, you know, he likes to hit, it looks like he likes to hit early in the count, Joe. Right, right, and he, he does. And, and he, uh, you know, he can, he can move, he can move uh, Hernandez along there. Yeah, if, if Hernandez is on base and, you know, the, the, it's a clean inning, uh, Rosario is going to hunt fastballs early in the count. And, and that – that sort of it, it putting Rosario in that number two spot between Hernandez who's on base and, you know, has, has given him the chance to see six pitches. Uh, that's the, that's sort of the benchmark is that that leadoff spot. If you can see six pitches in an at bat, you've seen everything that that pitcher can throw at you at least once. And you've given your teammates a chance to see him. Uh, he can hunt fastballs in early in the order. And that's what he did last night. Uh, and, and he knows he's going to get them because the pitcher doesn't want to get to Ramirez with two guys on. So yeah, that's a great point. Great point. And uh, all three of those guys can run too. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Rosario is, I mean, he looks like a world-class sprinter on the bases. I mean, he, he can fly, man. 
So uh, in in what nineteen games as the number two hitter in the order, Ahmed Rosario batting three eleven with an eight forty three OPS, eleven RBIs, and six extra base hits. Uh, he's I'll tell you what, he's got four triples this year. Francisco Lindor has five home runs. Let's put Ahmed Rosario's got four triples. Uh, it, it, it's um, it, it when 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 you find something that clicks, I think Tito is is going to ride this for a while with these, these top three guys in the order like this. Yeah. You know, he, he has to, especially with his offense. If you find any combination of players that, you know, works well together, you better keep them together because you're still, you know, you're still at the bottom of the barrel offensively with this club and you need all the help you can get. Right. And, and the, the positive effect on Jose Ramirez, who's, he's been consistent all year, but in those, uh, in those games since April 26th, Jose batting 284 with a 960 OPS. I mean, that's he's he's doing it and he's getting it done. And we've known he's been getting it done last night with the three-run homer. But but you know, with when the table is set in front of him, it makes it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, and the thing maybe we overlook a little bit is Hernandez. What it's got four lead off, he's led <laughs> off four games with home runs. I think he's already got nine, nine or ten home runs. So you know, he's got some, a little bit of pop from the first spot, too. Right, right. Well, you know, it's easy to say all this in a, after a game when they score 10 runs and, you know, they win, uh, they win by a bunch. Uh, Sunday, when the, when the offense wasn't as good, or over the weekend when the offense, you know, wasn't that great and, you know, the pitching was kind of down. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice uh, sort of uh, 360, a nice little turn there. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. JC Mejia tonight going for the Indians uh, against the Cardinals. Uh, Adam Wainwright, the Indians, uh, the Indians remember the last time they faced Adam Wainwright and almost got no hits. So, uh, you know, obviously this is a, a, a tough matchup for this team and uh, JC Mejia, they're looking hit for, for as many innings out of him as they can get. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, Frank Kona said, uh, 
you know, yesterday they'd like to get about, you know, he pitched, he threw about, I think 50 pitches his last time out. Uh, they want him to go maybe to 65. Uh, now, you know, I don't know how many innings that'll be. You know, we've seen that, you know, two innings, we've seen mm-hmm. it, you know, three or four innings. I think, you know, they'd like to see the uh, latter part of that, you know, get three, four innings and uh, maybe push it into the fifth, but they're going to be careful with him. And uh, this is a big start for him. I saw him, Joe, I saw him uh, taking some swings in the cage yesterday. And uh, <laughs> Victor Rodriguez, the assistant hitting coach, came into the dugout and he said, I'm going to go, I, I've seen enough. He goes, my name is Victor Rodriguez, not Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, he, he said he couldn't, he's not going to be able to help him. <laughs> well, and, and you asked, you asked Tito the other day, you said, you know, have you ever told a pitcher to just go up there and stand there and not swing? Uh, when you're batting in a National League park, and Tito admitted, yeah, that's that's the case. Would it be better if Mejia just stands there and doesn't swing? Yeah, I saw I saw Renee Mejia, uh, Renee uh, Rivera tr- showing him how to bunt, and I'm sitting there, oh boy, oh man, yeah, you know, yeah, Rivera comes up to Mejia's waist, you know, Mejia's at like six five, two fifty, mm-hmm. and he's going to try to bunt. I'm just, geez, oh man, just watch your fingers, don't don't get squashed. Well, speaking of fingers, oh, that's a hell of a transition, Hoinsey. Where'd it go? Uh, medical reports yesterday, uh, fingers all around. Uh, Zach Plesak and Roberto Perez got checked out by Dr. Graham in Dayton. Uh, Perez had the, the pin removed from his finger, and he's begun a throwing program. Uh, Plesak, not far behind that. He will start, uh, you know, he didn't, actually they, they found, what, that it's healing, but it's not completely healed and with his yeah. thumb, with his fractured thumb. So, uh, you know, progress there. Uh, I think the, uh, the timetables will probably be about the same that we, we discussed yesterday for, for both players. You know, don't expect to see Zach Plesak, uh, you know, back on the mound until, you know, sometime in July, maybe late July um, after the All-Star break. But uh, Roberto, you know, could be progressing, you know, uh, at, at a decent pace. Uh, we also got good news on Jordan Luplo, who's continuing to, to do baseball activities on his sprained ankle and no real update on Fran Mill other than he's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, with, uh, with their, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Perez and uh, Perez is thrown at 70 feet. So I get, you know, still just playing catch and, uh, well, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be a minor league rehab in there. You can't sit yeah. this long and, and uh, you know, not not play, not see live pitching. So he's going to have to go to Columbus or somewhere, Akron, and and get some play some games there. Right. Uh, and as far as the pitching rotation moving forward, uh, we got a little bit of insight as to what Tito is has in mind for the upcoming series at home against the Mariners this weekend. Uh, we, we learned that Aaron Savali will start Friday and Shane Bieber will start Sunday. The, uh, the Saturday game is TBA, but we have an idea who that TBA is going to be. Yeah, he, he made that pretty clear uh, yesterday when uh, in, in Tito's uh, press uh, Zoom call. You know, it's, it's going to be McKenzie. Uh, you know, he, he made, he's made his start uh, with, at AAA on Sunday, five and a third scoreless innings. And... Uh, I guess it's not, Tito said it wasn't too hard to read the tea leaves in this, in this situation. So, you know, I would think, you know, McKenzie's going to be up, 
uh, and he's going to be staying in rotation now, Joe. And it wasn't too long of a uh, – he didn't have too long a chance to catch his breath in, in Columbus, that's for sure. Right, but what do they do to add him to the roster? Who goes when, when McKenzie has to come up? And that's a that, – that could be a, a tough decision. Uh, is, is somebody like a Trevor Steffen, uh, you know, in jeopardy there? Or do you make the move and, and send – Sam Hentges down and give him a chance to sort of reset and and do what you had originally intended for McKenzie to do. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I you know, that's not a bad move right there. And uh, you know, send Hent Hentges down, uh, have him start, and then he'll be stretched out if you need somebody. You know, he's not getting he's not getting uh, you know the innings the necessary innings to uh, you know be a uh, you know a starting option right now. Right. Yeah. I, I, the more you say that, the more, you know, obvious that that's the probably the move that's going to be made is in order to get him more innings is, is, is that's where the innings are available. And plus he's never, I believe he's never even pitched a triple a. So, uh, you know, if that's the case, then he can, he can use the time to, to pitch there. So, so that's what the uh, rotation looks like. All right. Uh, fun stuff. Uh, points. Have you ever used spider tack? <laughs> because be, okay i ask i ask you this question because i want to see what your answer is because it's got to be better than the the answer that garrett cole gave to uh the new york reporters when asked directly if he's ever used a sick, sticky substance like spider tech uh in a game uh your answer even even a chuckle was was even better than the, the just the complete failure that garrett cole gave remember when we were talking about uh, Shane Bieber in his press conference, you know, being the epitome of, of what an ace starter sounds like in a press conference. Well, Garrett Cole, the $343 million man, uh, completely dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett Cole looked like he wanted to find a rock to crawl on. <laughs> he did. He, he, he sounded like a, a presidential candidate, you know, dancing uh, after a tough question. Yeah, one, he, one, one, he one presidential possible. candidate in particular. Yes, I, I agree with that. He did, and, and he didn't have either. He, he didn't even have plausible deniability to fall back on. He, he just like the deer in the headlights. Well, I don't know how to answer that one. Oh, Listen. well, you know, you know how to answer it. Yeah, you see, you just say no or yeah, yes or no, and it was a yes or no question, and the answer was yes, and he didn't yeah. want to say it. That was that's the bottom line. So uh, the, the crackdown is coming, and there will be a sacrificial lamb. There will be a pitcher that gets popped for this. There has to be. They they, they can't announce this and then not have anybody suffer the consequences. They ha they're going to have to get somebody, and you know this is going to go down as you know just like the Michael Pineda. Uh, thing in, in New York and it's it's going to be ugly the the players union I'm sure is going to you know have something to say about it but this had to happen in order to get the the um the the sticky substances issue under control yeah I, I think last week you asked uh, Tito if he had met with uh the Karen check or how the meeting with Karen check after the video came out with him uh, against the White Sox Tito told you that uh, he met with the whole team and I'm sure this is this is what they discussed, Joe. This is they said, hey, this is coming down the pipeline. If you're doing anything illegal, you better clean it up because they're going to be looking for you. And uh, you know, I'm sure that's what that that had to be what they addressed in that meeting. Right. And you know, it, it there's the the larger issue with Cole. 
we find out, uh, you know, this past week there was a report published that uh, that insinuated the the Astros were continuing to cheat uh, with their their uh, their pitch tipping system uh, all the way through the night the 2019 season, uh, and I, there's evidence of that. I I'm telling you, there <laughs> where there's smoke, there's fire, and you follow the the big names and Garrett Cole, Houston Astros, these these offenders that have been doing it for a while, uh, I, it would be, it's, it's disappointing that they're not going to be the ones that suffer here, that they're not going to be the ones that, that get caught and, and, you know, get suspended. If it's going to be a pitcher on the, on the Royals or something like that, you know, who cares? Go after the, the big names and the guys that are doing it and the guys that made $343 million because they were doing it. And, and that'll say something to the players more than anything else. Yeah, it's going to be some middle reliever, like some, you know, some and that's terrible. Forty-year-old veteran, or or some kid, you know, like a second-year a second-year pitcher trying to get through the sixth inning of some game, some twenty-to-five blowout, and he's going to get caught. <laughs> well, hey, uh, speaking of second-year players, and speaking of young guys, uh, Quincy, have you ever seen in one night two players? lose home runs because they didn't step on the bases while they were in their, their home run trots. It happened twice last night. Cabrian Hayes in Pittsburgh uh, missed first base and on replay, they called him out after he hit a home run. And then Bobby Witt Jr. in a minor league game for the Royals uh, hit a home run, uh, trotted around the bases and then missed home plate. And the umpire was staring right at it. And when the other team appealed, he called him out. It, it two twice in one night the same thing that's crazy that's crazy joe it's it's i mean you know where was the the pirates first base coach yelling at him to come back come back you can touch first base you, i mean it, he's got to be watching that right when the ball goes over the fence as a base coach you've got one job look at the base make sure the guy hits the base that's it the umpires have one job i even worse why did they have to go to replay why wasn't the first base umpire looking at first base? Yeah, that's right. You have one job at that point. Oh, I, yeah. it's it's beyond. Actually, it, depending on where the where the ball goes over the fence, the first base umpire might be going out to the field yeah. to, to to make yeah. sure it was a clean play. The home plate umpire should have been hustling down the line to make sure he see to make sure he hits first base. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. So many home runs are hit. It's it's a it's an arbitrary thing. It's a ceremony. Hell, in softball, you know, in beer league softball, you hit one over the fence, you don't even run the bases. They they say, just go back to the dugout. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I get it. It's still part of the game, and you've still got to touch the bases. I yeah. It's amazing. So that happened twice last night. So. Yeah, I remember that all, there was a, there's an old film of uh, – old video of Jackie Robinson when they lost the World Series, I think, to the Yankees and on a game-winning home run or game-winning hit. He was following the guy that the, the, the game winning hit around the bases to make sure he touched every base, you know? So, you know, that's how serious some people take it, but you know, in this day and age, I don't know, Joe, I, I, I mean, the guy still hit the ball over the fence. Should, is it, does it count or not? I, I, I will say no, but it's, that's tough to deny that. Take the a, the run, run doesn't count. Maybe, maybe give him a home run. Like you do a pitcher with the strikeout with the, uh, yeah. how you can get four strikeouts in an inning with a drop third. Uh, give him the home run for his stats, but but don't count the run in the game, yeah. I guess. 
uh, because you did. You beat the pitcher there. You you did your job. You got the ball over the fence. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that, that's the last time that'll ever happen with either one of those. It should be the last time it happens in baseball yeah. across the board for a long time because everybody's going to remember it, especially yeah. when it's the hot two of the hottest young rookie players. You know, Bobby Wood Jr. is a, a player that everybody's talking about coming right. up. And Cabrian Hayes could be the future for, for Pittsburgh. He's a hell of a ball player. Didn't he have like nine think? nine consecutive hits against the Indians one day uh, yeah. in the series? What do you so, think Charlie Hayes and, and Bobby Wood Sr. have are taught? What do you think they're telling their sons right now? <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. It's it, it's just it was just a weird thing to be sitting there watching and seeing the highlights of that last night and, and just I, I was I was curious about your reaction. All right, Hoinsey. Uh one more in St. Louis, then we're uh, then we get you home for a, a weekend series against Seattle. We look forward to tonight's game, and we'll uh, we'll follow your coverage there. All right, Joe.